You've heard their voices as the soundtrack to local sports for years. Now join the two Bold City natives in their in-depth look at the Jacksonville sports landscape. It's Manzi and Miller on sports. Manzi and Miller on sports. Uh, kind of a preview-type episode where we'll, we'll analyze uh, local college basketball and the preseason polls that came out. Richard, we, we want to start off the show today with a discussion of the ASUN preseason poll, and it's certainly... Uh, it's interesting. We, we get to vote in this thing every year, uh, and for the first time in maybe ever, the uh, media poll and the coaches poll identical, absolutely identical this year, and we, we don't recall that ever happening before in the times that we've been a part of this, which has been a handful of years now, but let's say that we start with the all-conference team and take a look at that, because Richard's kind of fascinating. There's only three teams, with three schools out of the nine, that have multiple entries into the all-conference team. And one of them is the preseason favorites and the defending champions of the league, the Lipscomb Bisons, and the other two are right here in town. Yeah, really cool, Scott. And it seems like, at least for me, this is maybe one of the the top three shows that we do every year. And it's, I don't know, part of it's kind of the same because we're we're around it so much so we know that FGCU is going to be up there. We know that... UNF is going to have some talent. Same thing with the JU Dolphins. And yeah, there there will be some surprises, but we've never seen the media and the coaches poll line up exactly right. We both figured that Garrison Matthews, easy choice for ASUN Player of the Year. And also, surprise there with Abdul Lewis being a unanimous selection. But I think for the Ospreys, it makes sense. You've got your point guard in Gandia Rosa, and you've got your your big man who can block and, and rebound and do just about everything inside five feet, Noah Horkler. Both guys are juniors. No big surprises on the Ospreys side. For JU, you, you think kind of much of the same? You figured these two were going to be in the top ten? Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised at all by, by that. Uh, I mean, it's... This is a, a a league that is built around experience, and and they like young guys that flash early on in their careers. And uh, both Gandhi Rosa and Horkler are examples of that for for North Florida. Both guys now hitting the the back halves of their careers at, at UNF as juniors, going into their junior year. And then uh, JU's got a, a young gun on the team, a sophomore in JD Note, who was a All Conference freshman team selection last year and then a transfer in Jace Hogan which kind of speaks to uh, Hogan who was very good last year and was probably snubbed really uh, as far as being an all-conference selection at the end of the year and promptly responded by dropping like 30 something points in a tournament game against against Kennesaw State to win in the quarterfinal round but it's it's kind of indicative to how this roster has been built over the years and now year five under head coach Tony Jasic it's a blend of transfers that fit the kind of system that they want to run, and then some talented young guys. J, uh, J.D. Note will be joined by by Jalen Hinton, and uh, who was uh, also an all-freshman team selection last year, and there's a, a good amount of young freshmen that are coming into the team this year, too, that they expect to, to impact the squad going forward. So I, I'm certainly not surprised by the selections for either school, and I think they're well-deserved, but it, it, it will speak to, you know, hopefully... When we're sitting here at the end of the year looking at, at two teams that are in the top four. Now, one of these two local schools, Richard, is in the top four. The other one is not in the in the polls. 
But uh, one of the names that, that pops up there is a little bit surprising in the fact that we just don't know much about the Liberty Frames yet, do we? No, I mean, not at all. We, we knew that being the D1 newcomer in North Alabama, that they'd be bottom three or, or down there. But for Liberty, really no clue. I mean, you can scan the list and go over the roster and what they've done over the past few years, but it's it's kind of tough to compare them to what they've done the last few years to A-Sun teams, and then you look at FGCU, and they've lost quite a bit. And then how do you match them up against an NCAA tournament team in Lipscomb, and then two teams that have been vying for A-Sun tournament home games in JU and UNF? It's, it's pretty difficult, but... For me, it's like Lipscomb and then two through five, two through six, and you can you can spit out a name, and I'd say, yeah, you know, they're three, fine. That's that's your your thought, but I, I think it speaks volumes overall, Scott. When you've got the preseason media and coaches match up, I, I think you know we're on to something. And and like any other year, we're we're gonna have surprises. We're gonna have some duds. Liberty much better than we're giving them credit for. When I made up the list, I had not seen them play. I just kind of scanned the roster, and they obviously have some talent. I think it's a team that could be in the final two when we're talking about the A-Sun tournament. They were picked third. Uh, you remarked right before we went to start recording this that first time that we can ever remember the coaches poll and the media poll being identical. And they were picked third in both. And, yeah, you mentioned it's a bit of an unknown factor, but but they did go to the Big South title game last year, finished a buzzer-beater winning shot away from potentially advancing to the NCAA tournament last year, falling to Radford in that title game, and returned some talent. Scotty James is a member of the preseason all-conference team, a junior forward. He's also a Florida native as well from Tarpon Springs. He, m- he must have some good selection of sponges, I'd imagine, and mm-hmm. probably likes Greek food. But other than that, uh, where did you vote them? Because I voted them second, actually, based off of the just the knowing what they did last year and, and their run to the conference championship game. Mine would have been, and I, I think, I can't remember if we mentioned this on air when we were talking with our, our pre-show prep, but the number of years, I can't remember it, and I think you agreed, but the number of years with the preseason poll of coaches and media are the same for all all of the conference teams. It just it, it doesn't happen. I, I can't remember the last oh, time it did. It's mind boggling. And I want to say I had them maybe fourth. Okay. So Liberty somewhere in that top four range. But again, it's it's because the way I look at things, I, I think it's two through six. You could just flip them all around and put them in a blender and and come up with your rankings. No doubt. And the, the way this works is this year, um, you know, with nine teams down in the league, they've had eight in the past, and it's been a clean eight-team conference tournament. Uh, top four seeds host, next four go. Uh, North Alabama is not eligible to go to the postseason uh, since they're still in their transition phase. Of course, for those that are sitting there going, well, that's weird because having some of these other schools, the Northern Kentuckys of the world, the UNFs even back when they were doing it, um, and and some of these others, USC Upstate, get a chance to, to play when they were transitioning to Division One, And the answer is yes. But there was also a different number of teams in the league at that point, and, and sometimes it is needed to have that happen in order to make things a little more clean as far as the setup and the bracket is concerned. But this avoids any sort of 
crazy situation in which North North Alabama gets hot, runs all the way, wins the thing, and then can't go to the NCAA tournament because they're not eligible yet. But uh, so the the key is still you want to get one of those top four seeds, yes, because you want to host a quarterfinal match in the uh, quarterfinal game in the conference tournament, and so host uh, getting one of those top four is the goal. And I, I know that my top four definitely differs from from the media and coaches top four and I have one very very significant omission from from my top four uh do you can I can I continue to tease do you can you we want to give yours first Um, or uh let me think so okay Kennesaw State you would not have had up there Stetson Alabama I think that's bottom three that makes sense I might have actually voted Stetson last so are you are you going JU out of the top four no, I've got him in. Oh, I'll go FGCU. Yes, I have FGCU, who was picked to finish second in the preseason polls, got two first-place votes in the media, one in the coaches' poll. I have them finishing fifth in the A-Sun this year, and that is because they lost, which I'll probably end up being so wrong on this just because, you know, that's how life works. But That's fine. I mean, We're all about clicks and listens anyway. I mean, Richard, they lost their head coach. And I know they promoted from within, but that stuff's always unproven until it's proven. They lost like seven of their top guys on their team last year. They, they to both graduation and and attrition due to transfers. And what they're they're alone as we we said a couple minutes ago. Their alone preseason all conference selection, Hanif Cheatham, is a transfer from Marquette. He's deemed uh, the best defender that. Marquette had last year, to which I made the joke when they announced the transfer on Twitter that, well, Marquette's giving up like 90 points a game, and they're the worst defensive team in the Big East, so uh, they can't be saying that much, right? But he'll be a nice addition, but there are a lot, a lot of question marks, way more question marks than have surrounded this FGCU team in a long time. And I just feel like with the top four teams that I picked in this order, Lipscomb, Liberty, JU, and UNF, I just think there are less question marks in that regard, and and a lot more to sit there and say, this is a somewhat somewhat proven. Now I'm a little biased with the Ju thing. They were picked fifth, and they have some question marks of their own. But I see that team on a on a weekly basis. I've been going to practices. I've been watching them, and I know that there is certain levels of talent. Maybe that's the case with FGCU. Maybe if I was going to their practices every week, I'd be saying the same thing. But uh, I can only speak to to what I'm aware of. And right now, I just feel like there's less question marks surrounding the, the Lipscomb Liberties, JUs, and UNFs of the world than there is with FGCU. Yeah, and, and on my side of things, it's it's almost like the Patriots, where I, I couldn't do it and say, nah, all these things. Or Alabama. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, like they're just not good anymore. I, I, I could not do that until I see them slip up, maybe struggle to host a game in the A-Sun tournament or lose in the first couple of games – I'm I'm just not sold. I've I've got to keep them up there at least in the top three, and I, yeah, I, I mean that's it, it's as simple as that. And and then for me, I didn't really struggle as much. I, and I know we'll talk about some of the fan votes because we we just kind of laugh when you know you bring just for in comedy, Facebook just for comedy, and, <laughs> and overall social media. Yeah, it, you know the fact that you see 640 votes from North Alabama getting a player. I mean, usually you're in the three to 400 range, I feel like. 
and to see that number, it was kind of stunning. Are Garrison they inflated? Matthews, is that inflated like those uh, the video numbers? Did you see that today with the report that Facebook had falsely inflated their video numbers in order to <laughs> appease advertisers? Maybe, maybe the uh, maybe the A Sun preseason player of the year votes were falsely inflated too. Yeah, I. They're throwing North Alabama a bone. They got picked last in both polls. I didn't have anybody yeah, on a conference yeah. team. I mean, well, hey, and, and most of the time, what would you what would you say? Seventy five, eighty percent of the time, when the fan vote comes in, it's you look at the name and go, "Wait, what? Like, isn't there somebody else like, across all sports? Five other people? Yeah, across yes, all sports, it's, it's always that every way. sport, every sport. And for me, Scott, it was easy. Garrison Matthews, ace on preseason player of the year. Kind of closer, I think, defensive player of the year. Noah Horkler, it makes sense with the blocks. Good interior kind of player. What what surprised you player-wise of, you know, unanimous selection? Was there somebody from a certain school where you're going, wait a second? Um, I know that he showed flashes early last year and played pretty well in conference play, but he's still... I mean, he's so raw and unpolished. Abiyomi Iola at, excuse me, the sophomore forward at Stetson, who who is a guy who is just as capable of scoring in four consecutive possessions uh, as he was of committing a foul in four consecutive possessions. He was that kind of up and down, and and I and I know that I, you know, the the coaches vote on these things. I think they liked him. Uh, he certainly flashed at times and. Uh, I think undoubtedly he's the best returning player on that Stetson team, but it's you're looking at like, Kennesaw State and landed no one, uh, which was a little bit surprising. Uh, I think they have some guys that can certainly score the rock there that you could you could have put on that team. Uh, NJIT might have had another person that could have made that list. Perhaps uh, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have necessarily shocked me if. If they had gotten uh, their freshman guard, whose name is escaping me right now, who played a lot last year and played pretty well, if he had made it, because uh, they gave him the ball a lot late in late game situations last year, and they liked him. And uh, but other than that, there weren't too many too many surprising ones. One of the unanimous guys, I was a little bit. I think you and I both were a little bit like, mm, he's unanimous. That's interesting. Oh, what was that, Abdul Lewis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was also wondering, Scott, because. I, I think fair, and most of the times in all the sports, unless you get a, a dominant team like Lipscomb Volleyball or FGCU for women's soccer, even FGCU at times for men's soccer, you're not going to see a large disparity when it comes to a 10-team all-conference team of, of players. It's going to be two, three, couple ones, things like that. So yeah. UNF and, and JU both get two apiece. Is there a, a name or two that that you would put on there? Maybe if it's this year, maybe even if it's a, an easy pick for next year for the Dolphins, could, could you give me a name or two? The obvious one is Dave Bell, the Ohio State transfer. But the, the fact of the matter is, while he's 6'10", he was talented enough to get playing time at a Big Ten school. He is largely still unproven. He's never started a game in his collegiate career. He is, uh, while he played at Ohio State, he played 23 games, I think, one year and like 17 uh, the next season before he transferred out after the dismissal of Fad Mata. Uh, he is still a guy who's figuring stuff out. And so while he looks the part, 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly until he steps out on the floor on November 6th at home, in Swisher Gym against FAMU. I don't necessarily know what he's going to look like in a game situation. I think the more the more uh, the more obvious to me, at least, name to keep an eye on is Jalen Hinton, someone who really came on. He was an All Freshman Team member last year. The forward, he's six five, maybe six six with his hair, but I mean, he is. For those that remember Antoine Clayton as a dynamic dunker and athlete, I mean, Jalen Hinton makes Antoine Clayton look like his feet are in the mud. His ability to leap and get up off the ground, he's so bouncy. He gets up so fast that he's dominant inside at only six foot five. It's amazing. He, he made SportsCenter last year for dunking like seven times in one game against USC Upstate. Had a big performance at UNF in his first ever conference game last year. And I think he's a dark horse defensive player of the year in this league too because he didn't really start playing a ton until conference play and he finished second in the league in blocks. And now he was a good number, something like 20 behind Noah Horkler in that in that eventual uh, final total. But he is athletic, and he can guard one through five, and he isn't afraid to get his nose dirty when it comes to defense. He is. I've seen. It's a little bit crazy, but I've seen him get up and deny Dave Bell, who's 6'10 and can can dunk too, at the rim a couple times in practice, and it is uh, pretty incredible to watch. So he, he's a name I would say to keep an eye on as a guy who could be at that end of the year all-conference team selection. Yeah, I, I think for me it was it was kind of split. I, I think there was an easy number one. And we, we talked about it when we met earlier today of Wajit Aminu. He, I went back and looked. He only missed five games, but we talked about it. It, it had the field maybe 10 to 15 games. Yeah, it felt like that, he missed almost he, half the season. Yeah, it, it really did. He, he just brings such an impact at the, the three or four for the Ospreys. And so I'd say he's number one. If you remember a few years back, he was A-Sun, pre-se- or A-Sun freshman of the year. And then I would go maybe a combo of Trip Day, who's only a sophomore. But he's shown flashes in, in preseason. And you saw at times last year he just got easy buckets for the Ospreys. And then even Garrett Sams, after the whole, like, I'm leaving, now I'm back, and uh, so highly touted that freshman year, he and Wajir Aminu. I think he's kind of right there as well. But if anything, I think maybe next year he's more like second team kind of player in the A-Sun. But I think Wajir Aminu, with his six and a half rebounds, with uh, the blocks, his freshman year, he, he broke the UNF blocks record that used to be Romello Banks. And then... He may get close to Demarcus Daniels' overall mark. Uh, may fall a little bit short, but what Wajitamino can do, and you know, average maybe eight or nine a game, he's he's a talent. So I think he's he's got that top ten ability for the league. It'll be a fascinating year. Uh, I think it's going to be a good year here locally. I certainly hope so. Uh, the the city is more fun in the winter time when these two teams are are playing well, and and we've never really. S- We've unfortunately never really had much of an opportunity to see them play well together, right? Like, JU had their run there uh, under Cliff back around 2009, 8, 9, 10, where they were, they were contending and they won back-to-back league crowns, regular season league crowns, and finished just shy of, of breaking that NCAA tournament uh, drought. And then, and then, of course, North Florida had the, the stretch with, with Bo Beach and, and DeMarcus Daniels and... and uh, 
Dallas Moore and and uh, others, Trent Mackey, and they were able to get to an NCAA tournament, get to an A-Sun championship game there in just the last couple of years. And it would be great if we saw, similar to last year, though it would be great if it was a little bit different in the fact that both teams are playing on day two of the conference tournament again, but are playing at home. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be phenomenal? Last year, last year we saw... Um, you know, both teams able to advance to the semifinal round, but they're both on the road, and it was just it's just a little bit harder for the and on the road, not even close. It's a little harder for the community to get behind that when when they're so far away. But I think this year could be pretty special around these parts. Yeah, Scott, it, it's kind of for me where you you don't want to play on the road. I think in the ASN tournament, like USC Upstate, before it turned into. UNF and, and their their run of, of two, three very solid seasons, and then just avoid going on the road or period having to play FTCU in the ASUN tournament. Like that's <laughs> I know in having spoken to a number of UNF basketball fans, it that is like the last thing they want. No kidding. Though it's fascinating. If you look at the championship game alone, last year in Lipscomb won on the road. The year before that uh, Florida Gulf Coast won at home over UNF. That's right. Uh, the year before that was... Uh, who made it that year? Was it FGCU again? Yeah, that, that was FGCU Stetson. Oh, that yeah. was the FGCU Stetson one. So they won that one at home, but that was a really bizarre scenario. As a four seed, they should have never been playing a home game. So that's almost like a complete wash. So I, it felt like to, in my mind that more there had been more road teams that have won lately, but really the home team has has prevailed. Uh, UNF did it over USC Upstate, and that actually was the the breaking of the trend because prior to that, uh, Mercer had won on FGCU's floor, FGCU had won on Mercer's floor. It felt like um, since the whole thing had started that more road teams were winning in that championship game. But yes. Back to your original point, now that I've just proven myself by talking in circles, it is very important to have that home court advantage because it comes in handy there at the uh, the when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, I just can't wait, Scott. I mean, I'm getting ready, doing more prep and basketball season less than a month away, so we, we need to knock out more podcasts, get some more interviews going and all that fun stuff. Uh, this was a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our... Uh, initial look into the first of what will be several shows about A-Sun basketball this year, as we certainly hope to have some exciting times and an exciting season around here with both JU and UNF projected to be some of the better teams in the A-Sun conference this season. For Richard Miller, I'm Scott Manzi. This has been Manzi and Miller on Sports. If you enjoyed that episode of Manzi and Miller on Sports, there's more where that came from. You can listen to any of our old episodes if you subscribe. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, the all-new Google Podcasts app, and the original home, SoundCloud. Just search Manzi and Miller on sports. And make sure, Scott, all of our listeners can keep up on Facebook, where we've got our Facebook page of Manzi and Miller on sports, all the podcast news that you can find every single week. And then on Twitter for Scott, it's at Scott Manzi, last name M-A-N-Z-E. And for myself, Richard Miller, that's on Twitter, at MillerOnSports. This has been Manzi. And Miller. On Sports.